Hi, my name's Kevin, and this is the Bible Artist Podcast. I believe the arts can give us fresh eyes to see the significance of the Bible and the beauty of the gospel. I also believe the Bible can provide the arts with complex characters and stories with profound insight into the human condition. I've been a fan of Bible art for most of my life, and so over the past few years on the Bible Artist blog, I've been exploring popular Bible adaptations like The Chosen, and I've been encouraging Christian communities to discuss and engage with the arts. Now I'm excited to share some of the insights that I've gained with you, because who knows, maybe today's episode will inspire you to create something beautiful. Today is an audio blog, recapping some of the predictions about The Chosen Season 4 that I shared a few weeks earlier on the Bible Artist blog. I hope you'll enjoy. Just so you know, I generally try to avoid spoilers, but by chance I came upon an interview with Dallas Jenkins in which he suggested that Season 5 of The Chosen will focus on the events of Holy Week, leading up to, but not including, the crucifixion. That was a surprise to me, because I hadn't expected Holy Week until Season 6 of The Chosen. But taking that bit of data and using that as a starting point, without seeking out any other spoilers, I want to reflect on where Season 3 left off and the key biblical events that remain. From there, I'll make a few predictions about what we can expect in The Chosen Season 4. So, Episode 8 of The Chosen Season 3 left us with a number of dangling storylines. The first is the Gaius story. Over the course of Season 3, Gaius and Simon Peter gradually develop a friendship, and we begin to learn more and more about Gaius's per- personal life. By the end of Episode 7, we have learned that Gaius has a servant boy who is actually his illegitimate child. The boy is seriously ill, and Gaius has told his wife that they could potentially bring him to a Jewish doctor, which we know is Jesus. So far, Gaius hasn't followed through. Uh, We've also learned that Gaius and his wife, they have an unspoken agreement to not talk about the child's illegitimate origin. But since the child has grown sick, Gaius has begun to feel guilty over his decision to not publicly acknowledge the child as his own son. All this is obviously setting up the story of Jesus healing the centurion's servant or the official son, depending on the account you read. One of the other major storylines in Season 3 focused on Rabbi Yusuf and his administrator, Jairus. At the beginning of Season 3, Yusuf pens a letter to Nicodemus, telling him about the Sermon on the Mount. Jairus holds on to that letter temporarily to let Yusuf kind of cool down a bit and consider whether he really wants to pursue the course of following Jesus. But by mid-season, both Jairus and Yusuf have become convinced and they begin to confide in one another about their newfound faith in Jesus. This faith is strengthened all the more when Jairus witnesses Jesus resurrect his apparently dead daughter. But the other local Pharisee leader continues to oppose Jesus and disapproves of their sympathy for him. With the edict of the Sanhedrin, uh, Jairus and Yusuf may be vulnerable to expulsion or some sort of other pushback 
from the anti-Jesus faction of the Pharisees. Nicodemus has been MIA for two seasons now, but it certainly seems likely that the growing pushback against the Jesus movement, as well as, you know, Shmuel rising in influence, that may pose trouble for Nicodemus, and so we may see him as well. John the Baptist was less prominent in season three, but his storyline still left a large shadow. The Chosen season three begins with John the Baptist languishing in Herod's dungeon. Toward the end of the season, he sends messengers to Jesus to ask if he is indeed the Messiah, which leads to one of Jesus's most public declarations of his purpose yet. Season three ends with John still in jail, awaiting his fate. There's also obviously the Jesus storyline to The Chosen. When season three opens, Jesus's popularity is on the rise. And in response to the growing demand for his teaching and his ministry, he commissions the apostles and sends them out to the surrounding towns and villages to perform miracles and preach. Up until this point, Jesus has been careful to not reveal his intentions openly, but circumstances are forcing his hand. A dispute in his hometown of Nazareth leads Jesus to declare that he is the fulfillment of the prophecies in Isaiah and that he is the law of Moses. As we mentioned earlier, John the Baptist sends messengers to confirm who he is, and Jesus takes that opportunity to discuss his identity publicly. Jesus also offers his disciples the clearest sign of his divine nature by walking to them over the water in season three in the finale. By the end of season three, it seems like Jesus is about to make a significant pivot in how he approaches his mission. On the other side of the moral spectrum, we've got our villains in the show. Quintus continues to be our chief villain in Capernaum. Uh, at the beginning of season three, when the tent city starts to form on the outskirts of Capernaum, Quintus is pretty angry. His initial impulse is to smash it, but Atticus's alternative proposal and fear of Pilate convinces Quintus to stay his wrath. In episode six, it seems like Quintus intends to return to his original plan of destroying the tent city when he commands Gaius to remove people. But when Gaius decides to not enforce Quintus's command, we never really see the consequences. And by the end of season three, we're kind of left wondering what Quintus will do next. The other main antagonist in the show is, of course, Rabbi Shmuel. Halfway through season three, Shmuel finally gets a minor victory. The Sanhedrin issues an edict forbidding false teaching, and that specifically condemns anyone who claims to be the Son of Man. By episode 7, however, Shmuel has made very little progress in his attempt to find witnesses that he could use to condemn Jesus on the basis of the edict. In episode 8, when Shmuel hears news of the feeding of the 5,000, he rushes to the Decapolis. There he has his first face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus since season one, and Jesus treats him very graciously. Unfortunately, Shmuel is caught up in kind of the narrative of his own victimhood, and so he isn't able to recognize that grace. 
he ends the season having made relatively little progress, but he continues to be just as convinced of the rightness of his cause as he ever was. Judas hasn't made a villainous turn quite yet, but we do know that he will, and it's worth tracking his character too. At the beginning of season three, Judas decides to leave his shady business partner in order to join the disciples of Jesus. When his partner objects and threatens to sue him, Judas talks him down for the time being, and Judas goes on to give his home into the keeping of his sister, who worries about his safety. Judas isn't worried, though. He is confident that God will not allow the Messiah to be killed. We don't get much time with Judas for the remainder of the season, but these moments lay the groundwork for future conflict, which might start to develop in season four. It's kind of hard to tell if the Roman investigator Atticus is a hero or a villain or something in between. His goals and motives are a bit of a mystery. On the one hand, he's a Roman investigator who is close friends with Pilate and whose normal job is to investigate Jewish threats. But on the other hand, throughout season three of The Chosen, he helps the Jesus movement in several small but significant ways. When Quintus first threatens to destroy the tent city, it is Atticus and his input that cools Quintus down. And he is the one who encourages Quintus to shift and act in another way. When the zealots begin pursuing Simon Z, Atticus shows up to warn him. And when Pilate inquires about Capernaum, it is Atticus's explanation of the situation that minimizes the potential danger of Jesus. Finally, we see Atticus spying on Shmuel's investigation of Jesus. And to cap everything off, the show leaves us wondering whether Atticus saw Jesus walking on the water or not. Okay, now that we've had a chance to consider where The Chosen has been so far, let's think about the biblical material that the show still has to cover. The creators of The Chosen have taken liberty in reordering many biblical events to suit the purposes of the narrative and message of the show. Given how much the biblical writers do this themselves, I think it's somewhat justified. But even though the biblical writers feel free to arrange events for thematic and literary purposes, there are general kind of temporal restraints to how the story of Jesus is told. Regardless of the specific gospel, some events tend to be around the beginning, some events tend to be around the middle, and some events don't happen until Holy Week or later. Even though the creators of the Chosen may rearrange events within certain periods of Jesus's ministry, I'm assuming that they will kind of follow the general outline of the Gospels and keep middle events somewhere in the middle of the show, end events somewhere towards the end of the show, and so on. So if it's true that season five will be focused on Holy Week, that means we can have a pretty good idea of what to expect in season four. Uh, the remaining events that take place kind of in the vicinity of Capernaum, the Sea of Galilee, before Jesus heads toward Jerusalem. Based on what we know, my guess is that over the course of season four, we'll probably see at least some of these events. Uh, the healing of the servant of the centurion, or the official son, so Gaius's son. 
of the death of John the Baptist, Peter confessing that Jesus is the Christ and Jesus foretelling his death, the transfiguration of Jesus maybe napping on the boat during the whole storm, the exorcism of the Gerasene demoniac, uh, the story of Mary and Martha, the raising of the widow of Nain's son, Jesus meeting Zacchaeus, Jesus and the rich young ruler, and the faith of the Canaanite woman. I also think that there are a few events that could happen either in season four or season five. It just depends on where exactly they split the story. That would include events like Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, Jesus saying before Abraham was I am, and the healing of blind Bartimaeus, and maybe the sinful woman wiping Jesus' feet with her hair. Finally, I think there are events that are pretty clearly not going to happen until season five or beyond, and that would include any event that happens during Holy Week. So the triumphal entry, the betrayal of Jesus, uh, Jesus debating with the Sadducees and Herodians, and, you know, his death, of course. Of course, I am making a few assumptions. First of all, I'm assuming that the show is compressing the timeline of the Gospels in such a way that it will prevent Jesus from visiting Jerusalem multiple times, uh, or at least as frequently as he does in the Gospel of John. I'm also assuming that the Chosen won't be able to include every biblical event. It will likely combine similar events and leave other things out. That's why, for example, I'm guessing we won't see Jesus sending the 72 or feeding the 7,000 because those events are too similar to other events that have been depicted in the show. And so based on all of the data, what predictions can we make about season four? Well, my guess is that Peter's confession and the transfiguration, uh, which follows soon after it, will be kind of the, some of the key events of season four. And the relative timing of when these moments happen will determine the shape of the remainder of the season. Uh, to kind of give a sense of what I mean, let me propose three potential shapes for season, season four based on when the confession and transfiguration take place. So one possibility is that the transfiguration will happen pretty early in the season. So for example, in episode one, we might see the death of John the Baptist, and then episode two, we might get Peter's confession and the transfiguration. We will probably get the healing of Gaius' son somewhere in the first half of the season, and then the season might culminate in the raising of Lazarus. In this scenario, the confession and transfiguration would function in season four, similar to how the commissioning of the apostles functioned in season three. It'll serve as an inciting incident that really drives the action for the remainder of the season. After the transfiguration, Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem and begins to take his journey there. And that means that the events like, you know, the healing of Gaius' son will have to take place sometime before Jesus and his apostles set out. For the past couple seasons, The Chosen has had a tendency to end with a very big, spectacular event. And if the big finale event for season four isn't the Transfiguration, what will it be? Well, there are plenty of miracles still left, but compared to the Sermon on the Mount, 
or the feeding of the 5,000, most of them are going to be relatively unimpressive. Of the remaining options, the raising of Lazarus is the only one that really seems like it could live up to what has come before. So that's what the season could look like if the transfiguration is early on. But it could also come at the very end of the season. If the transfiguration isn't the inciting incident for season four, the other natural place for it would be to act as the finale, the big spectacular conclusion to the season. The transfiguration could certainly stack up next to the feeding of the 5,000 and the Sermon on the Mount. It would also serve as a, a game-changing conclusion to the season, anticipating Jesus' journey to Jerusalem at the beginning of season five. So if the transfiguration is the finale, season four will probably focus on Jesus kind of preparing himself for that important moment. John's death would still happen early in the season, and it could lead Jesus to recognize that it's time to act, something that John would appreciate, given how much he has tried to get Jesus to, to take public action. In each season so far, episode three has been a self-contained bottle episode. Instead of cutting between multiple storylines, these episodes focus on a single storyline that is more loosely connected to the rest of the season. And so I wouldn't be surprised if the story of, you know, why Herod executed John the Baptist, which is kind of salacious, that would seem like good material for a one-off bottle episode. The last possibility is that the transfiguration will happen in the middle of the season. And so, you know, you might get the death of John the Baptist somewhere in episodes one to three, could still be the bottle episode in episode three. You would get the confession and transfiguration in episodes four and maybe five, and then in episode eight you could get the raising of Lazarus. This configuration basically combines the previous two shapes into one season. So the benefit of the shape is that it provides a decent amount of time in Capernaum, but it also provides a few episodes for Jesus and apostles to be journeying toward Jerusalem. So those are the three shapes that I can see as possibilities for season four. But I'm curious to hear if you guys have any feedback, if you have predictions of your own, if you've heard other things, uh, please feel free to reach out and I'd love to hear more ideas or receive pushback for anything that I've missed. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd really appreciate it if you would give a rating on your app of choice, if you'd write a review and subscribe for future episodes. With season three complete, I'm hoping to have enough time to produce more original content as well as audio versions of some of my popular blogs. That's it for now though. Thanks for listening and Godspeed.